Chapter 5 Called into His Light But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Galatians 6.14 There is no question that it is of greater interest to the church today than that which deals with her relationship to the world. The meaning of the word world as Christ used it is simple. He used the expression to describe mankind in its fallen state and its alienation from God. He regarded it as an organized system or kingdom, the very opposite and mortal enemy of his kingdom, a mighty, unseen power, the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, rules it, and a spirit, the spirit of the world, 1 Corinthians 2.12, pervades it and gives it strength. More than once, Christ revealed this as his special characteristic. I am not of this world, John 8.23. He also clearly taught his disciples, Ye are not of the world, John 15.19. He warned them that because they were not of the world, the world would hate them as it had hated him, verse 18 to 19. Of his sufferings, he said, The prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, John 14.30. This is the hour and the power of darkness, Luke 22.53. And be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. John 16.33 In the hatred that nailed him to the cross, the world revealed its true spirit, which is under the power of its God. In the cross, Christ revealed his spirit and his rejection of the world with all its threats and promises. The cross is the confirmation of his word, that his kingdom is not of this world. John 18.36 The more we love the cross and live by it, the more we will know what the world is and be separate from it. The difference and antagonism between the two kingdoms is irreconcilable. No matter how much the world might be externally changed by Christian influence, its nature will remain the same. No matter how close and apparently favourable the alliance between the world and the church might become, the peace will be merely hollow and will last for only a time. When the cross is fully preached with its revelation of sin and the curse with its claim to be accepted and taken up, the enmity may be quickly seen. No one can overcome the world unless he is born of God. 1 John 5.4 Glorying in the Cross In Galatians 6.14, we see how clearly Paul recognized the enmity between the cross and the world, and how boldly he proclaimed it. God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. He identified himself so strongly with the cross that its relationship to the world was also his. The cross separated Paul from the world. The cross is the sign that the world has condemned Christ. Paul accepted this. The world was crucified to him, and he was crucified to the world. The cross is God's condemnation of the world. Paul understood that the world is condemned under the curse. The cross forever separated Paul from the world in its evil nature. The cross alone could be their meeting place and reconciliation. It was for this reason that he gloried in the cross and preached that it was the only power that could draw men out of the world to God. The view that many Christians take is the opposite of the perspective of Christ and John and Paul. These Christians speak as if in some way the curse has been taken off of the world and that the nature of the world has somehow been softened. They think of educating and winning the world by meeting it more than halfway with offers of friendship. 
They believe that the work of the church is to permeate the world with a Christian spirit and to take possession of it. They do not see that the spirit of the world permeates the church and takes possession of it to a far greater extent. As a result of this, the offense of the cross is done away with and the cross is adorned with the flowers of the earth so that the world is quite content to give it a place among its idols. War with the enemy In war, there is no greater danger than to underestimate the power of the enemy. We must remember that the work of the church is a war, an unceasing battle. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians 6.12 The world is made up of sinful humanity, not a mere collection of individuals who are led on in their sin by blind chance. It is an organized force that is unknowingly animated by one evil power that fills it with its spirit. It is a power of darkness led on by one leader, the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4.4 Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Ephesians 2.2 it is only when the church accepts this truth in all its ramifications that she becomes capable of understanding the meaning of the cross and how it was designed to draw men out of the world. And it is only in this awareness and acceptance that she will have the courage to believe that nothing but the persistent preaching of the cross in all its divine mystery is what can overcome the world and save men out of it. The powers of the other world, the spiritual wickedness in high places, Ephesians 6.12, working on earth in men, can only be conquered and brought into subjection by a higher power, the power of Christ, who having spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in the cross. Colossians 2.15 It is the cross with its victory over sin and the curse and death with its love and life and triumph that alone is the power of God. Blinded Minds the great power of the world lies in its darkness. The scripture tells us the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Ephesians 6.12 If anything of the spirit of this world is found in individual believers or the church, then to the same extent they will be incapable of seeing things in the light of God. They will judge spiritual truth with a heart that is prejudiced by the spirit of the world that is in them. No person, no matter how honest his intentions are, no matter how earnest his thoughts are, no matter how much intellectual power he has, can understand and receive God's truth any farther than the spirit of Christ and the cross has expelled or is truly sought after to expel the spirit of the world in him. The Holy Spirit when he is carefully waited on and yielded to, is the only light that can open the eyes of the heart to see and to know what is of the world and what is of God. Moreover, we only truly yield to the Holy Spirit when the path of the cross with its crucifixion of the flesh and the world becomes a law of our lives. The cross and the world are diametrically and unchangeably opposed to one another. Sin brought about destruction and ushered in the spirit of the world, Man was to have lived on earth in the power of the heavenly life, in fellowship with God and in obedience to his will. When man sinned, he fell entirely under the power of this present evil world. 
Galatians 1.4, which the God of this world rules and uses as a means of temptation and sin. Man's eyes were closed to the eternal spiritual things, and things related to time and the physical world mastered and ruled him. Some Christians speak as if the cross of Christ has taken away the curse and the power of sin in the world in such a way that the believer is now free to enter into the enjoyment of the world without danger. They believe that the church now has the calling and power of appropriating the world, of taking possession of it for God. This is certainly not what the scripture teaches. The cross removes the curse from the believer, not from the world. Whatever has sin in it has the curse on it as much as ever. What the believer is to possess of the world and its goods must first be sanctified by the word of God and prayer. 1 Timothy 4.5 Nothing except an understanding of the evil of the spirit of the world and our deliverance from it by the cross and the spirit of Christ, nothing except the spirit and power of the cross animating us, separating and freeing us from the spirit of the world, can keep us so that we are in the world but not of it. It cost Christ his agony in the garden of Gethsemane where he sweat blood, his awful struggle with death and the sacrifice of his life to conquer the world by the cross. Nothing less than a full and wholehearted entrance into fellowship with him in his crucifixion can save us from the spirit of the world. Crucified with Christ In the epistle to the Galatians, there are several passages that refer to the cross of Christ, but only one of them speaks definitely of the atonement. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Galatians 3.13 the other passages in Galatians pertain to fellowship with the cross and its relationship to our inner life. When Paul says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, Galatians 2.20, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh, Galatians 5.24, and the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world, Galatians 6.14, he speaks of a life, an inward disposition, a spiritual experience in which the same spirit and power that sustained Christ when he bore the cross are maintained and manifested in the believer. There are many who claim to boast or glory in the cross, verse 14. They consider their faith in the righteousness of Christ as man's justification before God to be the great proof of their faithfulness to Scripture. Yet in their toleration of things that are of the spirit of this world and through their wholehearted enjoyment and participation in them, they prove that they do not really glory in a cross that crucifies the world. To them, the cross that atones and the world that crucified the Saviour are at peace with one another. They do not know anything about walking the path of the cross which crucifies the world for being an accursed thing and keeps us crucified to it. The cross will prove its power. If the preaching of the cross, not only for forgiveness, but for holy living, not only for pardon from sin, but for power over the world and an entire freedom from its spirit, is to be of central importance to the church today, as it was with the Apostle Paul, we must implore God to reveal what he means by the world and what he means by the power of the cross. It is in the lives of believers, who are actually and obviously crucified to the world and all that is of it, that the cross will prove its power.